Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. We are continuing our position review series from the 2023 season and an outlook for the upcoming you know, 2024 season, the foreseeable future. We're continuing that series today. We're getting into our defensive position, starting with the interior defensive line. And you know, I say interior defensive line, but with the Falcons kind of switching to more of a 3-4 base, although you know, base defense in the NFL is not necessarily what it used to be. A lot of teams are in nickel. But with them kind of making that transition, I say interior defensive line, it's really just when you think of the down linemen and the guys kind of in between the tackles, say for the offense, that is what we have on tap for you all today. If you missed the offensive series, it ran, you know, over the last couple of weeks, feel free to go check that out. Those are up. They're pretty evergreen. So anytime you want to get the lay of the land of say the running back position or the wide receiver, it's there. It's a resource for you guys to go back and check. Um, By design, these episodes are pretty quick. I want them to be digestible. We're going to talk about production we're going to talk about cap um you know numbers and just who could potentially be a cap casualty at certain positions so again that is kind of what we have on tap for all of these position reviews the combine is going to kick off this week so again i'm recording this on a sunday before the combine starts so everything that happens in indy and it's one of my favorite events of the nfl calendar but everything that happens there with all the testing it's going to shake everything up so In addition to these position reviews, which are going to be running just kind of every other day is once I get them up, I'm going to be talking to some people from the combine. I'm going to be talking to some of the beat reporters that I usually talk to who cover the Falcons just to get more immediate news and coverage of the team as all of these events are going on. So you're going to be kind of getting a mixture of both over the coming weeks on this feed. You're going to be getting these position reviews, but you're also going to be getting some of these episodes that I'm recording in almost real time to keep you up to date on the draft, on free agency, all of that good stuff. Sound like a plan? Awesome. Excited for today's episode. We're going to get into that in one second. But first, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. So head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. The game starts here. So... We're getting into the interior defensive line position today for the Atlanta Falcons, looking at what they did in 2023, spinning it forward to 2024. And this is a group that I think, you know, you could see some shakeup in what they're asked to do. But personnel wise, I'm really curious to see because, and we'll start it here. The headliners of the group are Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata. I mean, it's hard to get kind of better than those two as a duo. Sure, you can look around the league and there may be more star power, right? If you're going to say a Chris Jones or a Justin Matubuike who are both free agents this offseason but command top, top dollar and are in a class certainly with Grady Jarrett. And honestly, like David Onyemata 
in on any other team would be maybe your premier guy. And right. And we're talking about him as if you're putting up the number ones of each team, where do they rank? He could be a number one for a lot of teams. But you've got both Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata. So maybe those are both like B plus guys. There may not be an Aaron Donald. There may not be a peak Gerald McCoy or somebody like that, right? At Chris Jones, who I already mentioned. However, Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata were both, are both excellent players. And I almost think that with Grady Jarrett being absent from the lineup last year for basically half the season, Falcons fans kind of got a chance to see what David Onyemata really can do. It's almost like we all got the opportunity to, to say, okay, without Grady Jarrett, let's just focus on this new guy. And he's pretty damn good too, right? So we learned a little bit about just how good David Onyemata is, even though he played for New Orleans and ostensibly Falcons fans got to see him twice a year over his career. This was just a little bit of a different vantage point and i think he is an excellent player and and i'm really excited to continue to see his career evolve but we'll start with grady jarrett he played eight games in 2023 he had 23 tackles two tackles for a loss only one and a half sacks but i mean the pace that he was kind of generating pressure you feel like and this is true of a lot of defensive linemen is these numbers come in bunches it's not uncommon and i think we've seen this in years past with grady jarrett where he either starts the year off really hot and maybe he has four sacks through five games. And then he kind of finishes the year with like seven. And the reverse could be true, right? So he had one and a half sacks through kind of eight games. It would not have shocked me at all to see him finish down the stretch with like four and a half sacks. And then he ends up right around that six number that he's usually at throughout his career. However, with only eight games, one and a half sacks, 16 pressures, which is, again, as I mentioned, a solid mark through eight games for a defensive tackle. And he had a 70.1 pro football focus grade. David Onyemata played 14 games. Uh, he had 50 tackles, six tackles for a loss, four sacks, 34 pressures, two forced fumbles, and an 83.3 pro football focus grade, which was 10th among all defensive tackles. So again, you know, I mentioned up there at the top, Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata are both in kind of that same caliber and same class. And in that 4-3 look that Ryan Nielsen was running, they were both incredible at generating that interior pressure or at the very least, drawing the attention of the centers and the guards and allowing your edges to really work one-on-one -on -one with those tackles. Now that you're moving into a Jimmy Lake front where you've got kind of that 3-4 look, I wouldn't be shocked at all if you see David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett be your kind of like 4 I ends in that look. And they're well-suited to do that. We have seen Grady Jarrett in Dean Pease's scheme kind of bump out to that edge role. And he can still be effective when you're going up against kind of the tackles and guards as opposed to the guards and the centers. Um, so I, I do think that they're viable options for the Falcons there. And it's easier to do that. And then kind of just look at that nose tackle in the mi middle as maybe the role that you need to fill, which you can fill Pretty easily, I think, cheaply, um, although less cheaply than maybe you could a few years ago as teams are kind of going back towards more of that bigger front and stopping the run with your guys and then scheming against, against the pass. However, getting one nose tackle is certainly easier than getting a couple of bookends. We've got a great new sponsor that I am excited to tell y'all about. I love betting my friends and betting them on anything, whether that's sports games or 
Yeah, I remember one time we were down at the varsity here in Atlanta, a couple of buddies, one bet another that, you know, they wouldn't ingest uh, the seasoning salts that go on the French fries down there at the varsity through, we'll just say the nasal passage. And it was enjoyed by all except for the person that actually had to do the bet. So if you're like me and you like betting on anything and everything, then let me tell you about Cut. The Cut app is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's legal in over 40 states. Cut has customizable odds, tracking capabilities, and an entire social network with group chats, user profiles, and rewards. I feel like that is really what sets it apart. And with all your payments, there is no need for Venmo. So whether you want to bet your friends on the next game or who can down the most hot wings... Head over to Cut and be sure to use our promo code Believe Falcons. That's B L E A V Falcons for a ten percent welcome deposit bonus. Don't forget that promo code one more time. It is Believe Falcons B L E A V Falcons to get that deposit bonus. Cut. Put your money where your mouth is. Those were Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata's numbers last year. Uh, let's look at some of the other key contributors along this Falcons kind of interior defensive line. We have Taquan Graham, who played 15 games, 23 tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sack, 10 pressures, one forced fumble, and a 59.1 PFF grade. Now, Taquan Graham is going to be a little bit of an interesting player, I think, here over the next little bit, because he is somebody who, you know, I think the Falcons do have, uh, or at least one point, (laughs) high hopes for. He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. And so you kind of need to figure out what you've got in him because there have been moments where he has flashed and you can kind of see, okay, like this is certainly not the level of Grady Jarrett or David Onyemata, but maybe he is a step and a half below those types of players, but you could use him in a situational role. If you need to spell one of those guys to get on the field and still maybe generate some of that pressure, maybe generate some of that juice. It just kind of feels like over the last couple of years, he's, not slip through the cracks because he's gotten some of these opportunities, right? I mentioned he played 15 games. Like he's been on the field, whether he just hasn't developed in the way that they had hoped, he's not making these impact plays when he has the opportunity, or maybe it's some of the scheme stuff. And he was brought here for one type of role and they had that in mind. And then as things have changed, we have seen the defensive line, you know, you are pretty susceptible to what is the scheme? What are they going to ask you to do? There are some different factors almost in the way that we think about the secondary and are they playing man or zone? What you're asked to do as a defensive lineman can impact the way that we view you. And maybe that's the case here with Taquan Graham. I'm not in the building, so I'm not well equipped to speak to, you know, what are they saying internally about him or his prospects, but going into a final year here, you know, the spotlight, the pressure is going to be on Graham a little bit more than maybe some of the other players. So last year, Albert Huggins played 13 games as kind of a veteran acquisition there. I think he was very instrumental in terms of the locker room and being a voice for what Ryan Nielsen wanted to do along the defensive line. I watched him before games as they were kind of going through their own little defensive line warmups. Albert Huggins was a guy who was there really motivating the group, really kind of being a spark plug and I do think that that is valuable in every position group. If I was a coach in the NFL, I would want one of those guys in each position group room as you know, maybe you don't necessarily have it or we're not relying on you fully on the field. Like That's not the 100% reason you're here. You're also going to be a voice 
in the room Monday through Saturday explaining, helping teach, helping motivate, helping be an extra set of eyes and ears for the coaching staff. And that's exactly what I think Albert Huggins was for the Falcons this past year. So I I do think there was value in that role. 13 games, 22 tackles, zero tackles for a loss, zero sacks, four pressures, one fumble recovery, 47.8 PFF grade. Again, those stats are not going to jump out at you, but I just mentioned why I think he was at least valuable for the Falcons this past year. LaCale London is a player who, if you remember all the way back, which I don't expect you to, to training camp and during the preseason games when we were going through the roster cutdown list, I mentioned LaCale London as a guy who I thought had a sneaky chance to make the 53. I don't believe he initially made the 53 right after roster cuts, but I think he was brought back on the, the practice squad and ultimately served a, a pretty valuable role for this Falcons defensive line as injuries happened. He, of course, got injured as well in that same game um, with Grady. And that was really tough to see because he is a young player with some skill set uh, abilities that I like. But he played only seven games, 13 tackles, two tackles for a loss, zero sacks, five pressures, one fumble recovery, 65.9 PFF grade. So again, right there, you see in only seven games, his numbers or at least his pressures one more pressure than albert huggins you know he had two tackles for a loss as opposed to zero for albert in basically half the games so if you're looking for young players who have a little bit of that upside lakale london is not a bad option to have because he's a pretty cheap rotational guy who has a little bit of that pop if you need it from the interior finally contavia street who they acquired kind of middle of the season came over from Philadelphia, but had history with Ryan Nielsen. He only played five games, ultimately. 14 tackles, four tackles for a loss, one sack, five pressures, one fumble recovery, 58 PFF grade. So everything I just said about LaCale London and kind of doing it in limited snaps, but getting that production, everything applies right there to Contavia Street too, right? Five games, even less than LaCale London. He had a sack, he had five pressures, four tackles for a loss. So a productive group on the interior doing it in limited at-bats. Doing it with not just a full season of slate. And that was kind of by design for the Falcons defensive line as they wanted that hockey rotation, as they kind of said earlier in the summer. And they never truly got there. And we'll get to that in some of the edge guys that I'll get to in, in another episode. But at least you saw a semblance and the production was there. They had you know much more sacks than they did in any of the last seasons. I want to say going back to the pre-John Abraham days, like those were the types of sack numbers that this group put up, even though they don't have that one household name. And it is because I think of that hockey line rotation that they tried to incorporate here in Atlanta. Some of the other guys on the rotation who I didn't break out their stats because honestly, the the stats weren't really there. But you had Timmy Horn, who played three games. You had Joe Gaziano, who I like, who played two games. Travis Bell played two games and Eli Anku played one game. So I mentioned that they're going to be kind of transitioning over to a base 3-4 under Jimmy Lake. It's going to be a little bit more of that kind of Vangio look um, and it can be hybrid you know they can go to kind of a 4-3 look they of course can go nickel but generally you're going to see kind of the three big guys with their hand in the dirt there to control that line of scrimmage and then allow your edge guys and everything else to kind of flow off of that so the players they have under contract for the 2024 season currently 
Grady Jarrett, who will be 31. He enters the second year of a three-year uh, extension and will have a cap hit of $20.3 million, which is you know among the highest on the team. Then you've got David Onyemata, who will be 32. So Jarrett and Onyemata, again, kind of right there, married at the hip, age, production, all of that good stuff. He will also enter the second year of a three-year deal, and he will have a cap hit of $12.5 million. So a lot of money tied up in those two guys which we'll get to in a, a little bit, is why I don't think you're going to see a huge acquisition in this group this offseason. Taquan Graham, the third guy, age 26. He's entering that final year of his rookie deal. As I mentioned, only a $1.1 million cap hit this upcoming season. So that's really nice. Then you've got... Uh, I, last name is going to be a journey here, but Tommy Togai, uh, age 24. He was signed off of the Browns practice squad at the end of the 2023 season. He's got a $1 million cap hit. Then they've got LaCale London, who will be 26. He's entering the final year of the deal that he signed. He will have a cap hit of $915,000. And then we've got Willington Prevalon, who will be 26 as well. And he also signed a reserve future deal. So six guys right now currently under contract for 2024. That's not a bad place to start. You know, really only three of those guys, maybe four if you want to count LaCale London, do you have serious maybe plans for? But honestly, it's it's kind of Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata. So you will maybe see, and and I'll as I wrap this up here in a second, we'll get to some of the names that you could maybe see add to this group. But one potential cap casualty would maybe be Grady Jarrett, and the Falcons could save twelve million dollars by cutting him. I doubt you're going to see that happen. You know, Grady Jarrett is one of the captains of this team. He's one of the pillars of this team. More importantly, Raheem Morris knows and loves Grady Jarrett. So you're going to, by all accounts, see Grady Jarrett in a Falcons uniform next season, which is a great thing. But he is the only player that, as I was looking through it all, you would save you know, a big chunk of change on and would maybe make it a consideration. But again, because of who Grady Jarrett is, I don't expect that conversation to be happening. The guys who are set to be free agents for this upcoming offseason are Contavia Street, who I mentioned they traded for. So that's not a deal that they worked out or anything. Uh, He will be 28 years old. Joe Gaziano, 27 years old. And Albert Huggins, 27 years old. The last two were just on one-year deals. So again, that was previous regime. No idea if they'll be back this year. Um, Kind of a different look anyway, different feel. Maybe they'll go to Jacksonville, follow Ryan Nielsen. Who knows? Um, But those are your three guys who are on the roster who are set to be free agents on the interior defensive line for Atlanta. Um, They have six players under contract. As I mentioned, they have just under $36 million invested at the position, which is 14.38% of their cap. And that is 17th among NFL teams. So kind of right there in the middle of the pack in terms of kind of their down linemen. But again, I, I expect that to change how big that change is really I I'm curious to see, you know, do they prioritize this interior group or do they prioritize the edge as they are looking to remake the front for Atlanta here a little bit? So some of the free agents or draft picks to keep an eye on, I mostly was looking at some of the nose tackle players in this draft because again, I really feel like Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, they have you nicely set on the edges if that is how you choose to deploy them. So really, you're just looking at kind of that one guy on the interior to really come in and kind of anchor it down, be that big run defender, block eater, keep those guys free. As I was looking around the free agent landscape, Grover Stewart, um, who has spent his career in Indy, 
is a player that could maybe be had relatively cheaply. Uh, he's going to be 30, so he fits in in that kind of time frame with Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, uh, and is very good against the run. So because David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett, who are both also very good against the run, but they are pass rush oriented interior guys, it allows you to really focus on somebody who is just going to be a wall against the run there in the interior. And I like Grover Stewart as a little bit of a, a budget option if that's the way you want to go there. However, if you look at the draft, you could also find some of these guys maybe day two, day three, if you choose to prioritize some of the more premier positions. If they wanted to go with a, a big name guy in the draft, Tavondre Sweat out of Texas is kind of the the big nose tackle guy that everybody's talking about and really likes in this class. You can maybe get him second, third round, depending on how teams value him, depending on, you know, again, news that that may not be out yet. If anything comes out of the combine, we see guys drop all the time um, just over the months leading up to the draft. But he is a big name. Christian Boyd out of Northern Iowa could be had in the middle rounds. Uh, Jordan Jefferson out of LSU and then Evan Anderson out of Florida Atlantic are four guys there that as you're doing your draft prep, I just kind of circled as maybe guys who fit this scheme could be the skill sets that the Falcons are looking for. So go ahead and shortlist those guys if you want to do your own research. Finally, we'll wrap it up here. What is the priority uh, level for acquiring or adding to the interior defensive line group this offseason for Atlanta? Not really a priority. Outside of getting that one nose tackle guy who could really fill out, I guess, the skill set of this group, you're in a good spot. With Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata, those are your starters. You don't need to do too, too much more. Yes, if you wanted to bring Calais Campbell back as a free agent on a one-year deal, he probably slides down into that group. I wonder if Zach Harrison also could slide down to that group. So these bigger guys, these bigger bodies, that's what you're looking for. But by and large, if you're looking at your resources and you feel like, hey, we got to get quarterback figured out, we'd love to add many more receivers to this group. We've got a number two corner. Adding a nose tackle or adding you know, a, a rotational guy on this interior, it slips down the list for me. So not saying it's not a priority, not saying they're not going to add to this group at all, but there are other positions that I definitely think are higher up on that list because of the guys that you already have in place. Having two veterans at the level of David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett, that's all you need to know for the Falcons kind of going into 2024 and the way that they played in 2023. They don't show any signs of slowing down. Yes, we'll have to see how Grady Jarrett returns from his injury. But if there's anybody I expect to bounce back very quickly, it's Grady Jarrett. So that will do it for me today on the interior defensive line for the Atlanta Falcons. Stay tuned for our next position review, which will be the edge defenders. So we will round out this defensive front with the edge defenders. We will see you guys very soon for that one. As always, today's episode was presented by Bet Online. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden. Check out our Believe in Falcons YouTube channel if you like our content. And until next time, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.